This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be effective in it. I say that intentionally today. Um, We live in times full of fear, full of frustration, full of anger, times that are chaotic, tumultuous, times that are very, very, very difficult for some to uh, handle. And, um, And sadly, we sit around waiting for human, earthly, political leadership to lead us through and out of this stuff when the church was called to knock down the gates of heaven and reclaim what the territory and the people that hell had claimed for itself. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, So the sermon today will not be nice and cute and fun. The sermon today will be dead level serious and, and my frustration is not the world. The world is doing what a sinful, godless world is going to do. Um, that's just how we're born. And we're born under the domination of the evil one. And he is wreaking havoc in people's lives through people who kind of follow his precepts. So... They're doing what they're going to do. The problem isn't that the world is doing what the world's going to do. The problem is the church doesn't do what the church is supposed to do. So that's kind of where I'm at today. My focus today on this Independence Weekend, where we celebrate our country's independence is, my focus is the church because it's the church that is supposed to lead us through. It is the church that is supposed to lead us out. It is the church that is supposed to lead everyone, not just the church, but everyone to conquering victory, even in the middle of this mess, especially in the middle of this mess and other tragedies that have happened. So my call today, my focus today is for the church to do what she's supposed to do to lead this world in what it should be doing so that we can all come together as uh, God's army and God's children uh, to do the various things that need to be done. So let's have a word of prayer. Um, And I pray that God will open your heart and your mind and give you a vision of who you're supposed to be and who your church is supposed to be and who the whole church is supposed to be in the middle of all of this stuff uh, that's going on that God has allowed. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this sermon. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these thoughts. Speak through me today. Lead us, we who call ourselves Christians, to the power 
and the love and the vision and the lifestyle and the mindsets and the relationships that we are really supposed to have. Bless this time, Lord. In your holy name we pray, amen, amen. We as Christians are supposed to be light. We as Christians are supposed to be leaders. We as churches are supposed to be light. We as churches are supposed to be leaders. But what I have seen in the last 25 years or so is that when things get difficult and um, things are hard, the church tends to lay down and allow human leadership, political leadership to lead. And we just kind of sit there and, and we really don't step up into what God would have us to be bringing light into darkness, bringing healing and love into um, chaos and, and tumult um, and pain. Um, instead, we just kind of sit there and we're led like sheep rather than being the shepherds, the priests that each and, of, of each and every one of us as individuals is called to be. And we corporately, as a church, are called to be. I go back to um, 9-11, which would have been nearly 20 years ago. And um, what happened to the towers, and there's a lot of different speculation of why there's so much bitterness uh, and why that happened. And I'm not gonna sit here and talk about that, that. What I am gonna talk about is the fact that Instead of the church stepping up and leading and the world came to our churches that week and the problem is they left because we didn't have anything to offer. We sat there because the leadership were conservative and many times Republican and churches tend to be that way because they were conservative and Republican and because they quoted scripture out of context, we kind of went along with their leadership. And basically the scripture that they quoted was scripture that the Israelite self-righteous and self-sufficient leadership quoted after God allowed a great, great attack on Israel. And the reason God allowed that great attack on Israel was because they were in a, a, a mode of offering their children in the fire to the God of Moloch. And I'm so thankful that we don't offer our children. Oh, yes, we do. There's about 2,000 abortions and we, we the church just kind of sit there and have allowed this to happen and have allowed the liberals to, to kind of mouth off about it. And the reality is there is a reason God is allowing these things to happen to our country. And instead of listening to human leadership misquote the Bible when it was something that was basically a sinful form of leadership, we just sat there. And instead of we, the church, and we pastors and theologians, instead of us stepping up and saying, guys, whoa, 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 what are you doing? 
We just sat there and we allowed ourselves to be led like sheep in the human because we were mad at that group of people that attacked our towers. And I get the, I get the emotion, I do. But we Christians are supposed to be deeper than that. Around the year 2008, there was a tremendous financial collapse that uh, went on. And, um, and one president was going out and their cry was, we can't allow these banks to fail. We, they're too big to fail. So we put nearly a trillion dollars into the banks because you can't allow billionaires to suffer. And we just, we the church just kind of sat there and allowed it to go on and smiled because they were still conservative. Then we allowed the next crew to come in and put almost another trillion dollars into these shovel-ready jobs that, that were going to uh, build up the market and, I mean, build up the, the, the jobs and, and everything. The problem is we put a trillion dollars into something and nothing was done with it. And we, the church, just sat there and we did nothing like a bunch of sheep. So if you haven't caught on yet, I'm not a Republican I'm not a Democrat, I'm a Christian. And I believe the wisdom and vision of God is greater than what any man has. And we Christians are supposed to step up into truth and communicate that in love, but also in the anointing and the power of Jesus Christ. But we didn't. Then the coronavirus came and all the churches just listen to all this leadership. I'm not talking about the mass or the shutdown or anything like that. But instead of, of stepping up, most, I'd say 90% of the people who call themselves Christians were as fearful and as out of sorts mentally and emotionally as the rest of the world. At a time when we should have been standing up saying, listen, God has a plan. It's okay. Yes, God has allowed this to wake us up. But we don't. And we just kind of go along like sheep with human political leadership. And I'm not saying we'd be mad at them or mean to them or say nasty things. What I'm saying is, church, it's time for us to step up. It's time for us to step in. It's time to, for us to step out and be the people and be the church God has called us to be and created us to be and saved us to be. Now, I'm sorry if, if that hurts your feelings uh, because you're one side or the other, but you have to understand, I don't care. I couldn't care less what everybody's feelings and their political philosophies are. Here's what I know. I want to do the will of God. And Jesus Christ called his church out in a very special, powerful way to lead this world to the great love and grace and power and healing and glory of Jesus Christ. But you can't do that when you're hiding in your basement in fear because you really don't have faith that God's in control of everything. And then comes all of this other 
uh, stuff. And, and, and let me explain something. The murder, and I use that word, the murder of George Floyd should have been protested. It is something that has been going on in our country. Um, I am not in favor of just throwing money at this scenario, but Washington is never going to do it. Uh, Harrisburg is never going to do it because all they know how to do is fight like six-year-old children from Trump to Pelosi to Wolf to the Republicans in the um, uh, Congress in Pennsylvania. All they can do is bash each other. They do not have the maturity or the wherewithal to be able to sit down, disagree, and yet come out with what's best for us and especially for our children and our grandchildren. And that's real sad, but I wanna start speaking more to that in another venue, but um, not, I don't wanna get too far into that today. But this whole race relation thing, it's not the problem that we're seeing in Seattle and now in New York City. That's a whole other crew. People, African-Americans and others that were frustrated with the George Floyd, which thing had been, a, I'm not gonna get into what I believe of all that, but the bottom line is that was murder. That, those police officers should go to jail. Um, I mean, that, that, was, that, was, that was ridiculous. But this other thing is another whole thing, and I believe this other whole thing is destructively demonic. This whole Antifa and these different dynamics that are, that are, that are involved in this. They, there's the same people. They just change names, uh, Occupy, whatever it was before. It's, just, it's the same people, the same philosophy. But in the middle of that church, we're supposed to lead. We're not supposed to uh, be as bitter and ugly and nasty and negative as they are. Now that's hard because I'm an innate fighter. When I hear of people destroying things and hurting people and whatnot, um, I'm ready to lay some knuckles on people. That's just who I am. But who I am innately, humanly is not okay. What I need to be as a man of God is who Jesus Christ would be in the middle of this strife in the middle of this, these, this tragedy, in the middle of this, all that is going on. I need to be like Jesus Christ. The only way I'm going to lead anyone anywhere in an eternal, heavenly, powerful way is to be in the center of the will and the love and the power of Jesus Christ. And the only way in the middle of all this human tumult and all this human chaos and all this human uh, division and all this human rhetoric, the only way I can do that is to do something called repent. Now the church in these heartaches, they, they go to two things. The first thing is, and they're kind of shortcuts uh, to, to dealing with these things mentally and emotionally. The first one is, is they talk about the second coming. Now, let me let you know a secret. Jesus is coming back someday and he's gonna clean this mess up, okay? Believe that wholeheartedly. Here's what I don't believe, that I have any clue when he's coming. 
These people, they get out here and tell you they know exactly the timing and they've numerically put it together and they've read Daniel and they've read Revelation and they know that's amazing because they know more than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said he didn't even know. So these people are more wise and more eternal and more heavenly minded than Jesus Christ himself. In other words, I think it's foolishness. But Jesus Christ is coming. But that's not the answer right now for where Christians ought to be, okay? Uh, And the second thing that's very, very, very important, and I'm struggling to remember what that that was right now, but they, they talk about the second coming, and, and, and then they, well, let's forget that right now because I can't remember the other. Let's talk about repentance. The only way that we can become the people that we need to be and the only way that the church can become the corporate eternal body that she is called to be is to repent. And the word repent it's metanoia in the Greek. And what it means is, is, is God kind of shows us or reveals to us through his spirit uh, how sinful we have been, how we have allowed ourselves to go human and call it religious or, or whatever. And it's a sorrow for who we've been and what's been in our lives. And then as a result of that sorrow, Uh, and saying I'm sorry, and confession, God is able to transform or change our mind and heart. The only way in the middle of all this rhetoric, in the middle of all this anger, in the middle of all this chaos and confusion, the only way we can be the people God called us to be and the church God called us to be is by stepping out by the power of God from this human realm and stepping in to his love and his grace and his power and his vision so that we can be the people that God calls us to be. The first verse that I want to talk about is Matthew chapter four, verse 17. And what that says is, is that it's, it's right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So it was very, very, very important. And, and here's where Jesus started to train his disciples. So I think this is a very important part, especially, and, and in my case, sometimes I get out here because I get defensive and I get frustrated and, and I say and decide or say I'm gonna do things that I shouldn't. The only way to get back into where I need to be is to repent. And so Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is near, has come near, is right here. Wow. Let's think about that for a second. So I'm in the middle of this chaos. I'm in the middle of this turmoil and my human um, kind of manly way to deal with things is to suck it up, put my head down and dive into it and do something about it. And Jesus is saying, no guys, I'm sorry. That's not the way to deal with this world. 
<coughs> excuse me. That's not the way to deal with sin. That's not to, the, the way to deal with this twistedness that comes to our mind. The way to deal is to realize I've said and I've allowed things to enter my mind and stay in my mind and I've gotten frustrated and I've said things and I've gotten angry. And the only way to deal with that is to say, God, I am sorry that I did not represent or reflect you well. It is my design, it is my hope that as a result of this sorrow, that you will usher me into your kingdom. A kingdom of love. And I mean, it's not, it's not little cute little love. It's agape love. It's a kingdom of joy. I'm sorry, you can't be angry at everybody and have the joy of God or the joy of your salvation at the same time. It's a kingdom of peace. <coughs> Irene. And Irene, what that means is, is that, yeah, it's a mess right now, but God has given me a vision of what it can be. He's given me a vision of who I can be. He's given me a vision of how I can impact all of these very hurting people around me. And that's what I want. It's a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom of joy. It's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of patience. It's a kingdom of kindness. It's a kingdom of goodness. It's a kingdom of long suffering and perseverance. The only way I am going to be light <coughs> and life and the only way I am going to lead the people in my world and hopefully the people in the world out of this mess, out of this anger, out of this bitterness is not to go out and fight them physically or yell at them or try to tell them how bad they are. The only way I'm going to be able to lead and love and bring healing and bring peace to this very tumultuous time is for me to live in and through the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom of joy. That's my prayer. The second verse I, I wanna look at as far as repentance is in Acts chapter three, verse 19. It says, repent then and turn to God. Now that's so key. That's so, so, so key. So that your sins may be wiped out. I don't know about you, but when somebody says something bad about me or my people, I'm ready to go to battle. That's just who I am. If somebody's gonna hurt somebody that is around me, I'm, I'm ready to go to battle. You know, if, if, a, if, a, if a wild dog comes into our neighborhood and starts hurting people, <clears throat> I'll deal with it. But the reality is I'm not supposed to deal with hurting sinful people, God is. And so it is imperative for God to come into my mind and, and for me to repent 
and God to enter my mind so that he can deal with the selfishness and self-righteousness and self-sufficiency and my own ideas and the sin and the selfishness that has taken over and is beginning to drive me. The only way I can be that person that's going to lead in these tumultuous times is to repent. Um, and that my sins may be wiped out, wiped away, dealt with, done away with. And the bottom line is then I can go lead and love. And I love the second part. It says, repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And I love this part. So that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Folks, with all that's been going on, with all the stuff, with all the negativity, with all the arguing, with all the bad things we're hearing, with all the stuff you even hear in the religious realm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need to repent, enter the kingdom of God so that he might pour out on me times of refreshing, times to restore, times to repair, Times that I just need to rest in him and just know and be still because he's God and he's got everything under control. He's got the coronavirus under control and he allowed it to happen so he controls it all. He knows exactly what's going on and why the, the, all this tumult is going on in our country. And I think it's to wake up our country and I think it's to wake up the church. So it's just a time to repent. And the last, some people say, well, well pastor, how do I get to repentance? How, how in the world do I get from where I am, frustrated, um, down, hurting, fearful? How do I get to repentance? And Romans chapter uh, two, verse four says something very, very important. It says, or do you show contempt for the riches, now listen to this, of the kindness, forbearance, and patience of God, not realizing that it is God's kindness that is intended to lead you to repentance. You're not gonna get to repentance and you're not gonna live a lifestyle of repentance by listening to Fox News or CNN. You're not going to uh, get to repentance by getting in a crowd and arguing with people about whose political or um, life or philosophy uh, of, of our, our country uh, is right or wrong. You can get to repentance when you decide to enter into the presence of God. Because when you enter into the presence of God, you enter into kindness. You enter into somebody, in, 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 into a realm where you know that that person is there for you no matter where you've been or whatever mistakes or missteps you might take in the future. And God is eternally patient. Wow.
And all of that leads us to the kindness of God, which is intended to lead us to repentance. You see, when we step out of the anger and the chaos and the tumult, i.e. the craziness of this world, and we enter into the presence of God, all of that tension, all of that struggle just kind of begins to dissipate. All of that junk begins to kind of roll away. And folks, I don't know about you personally, but in these times, I don't need to pick a side. I don't need to pick a Republican or Democrat side. I don't need to pick a black or white or Spanish or side. There, there, aren't no, there are no sides in the kingdom of God. I need to step into the presence of God and allow his kindness to so soften my mind and my heart and my soul that I don't want any of that junk in my life ever again. And what I want is to be rid of all that, be sorry for that, and to be rid of that, I need my sins to be wiped away, and I want to enter into his eternal kingdom of love and joy and healing and peace and wisdom for the rest of my life. And when I do that, you have to understand, I want that same joy and peace and kindness and patience and love and stress-free atmosphere for every person around me. And then, when that happens, they begin to say, you know what, I don't need all this junk either. I'd just rather enter the kingdom of God and just live there the rest of my life. And you say, pastor, you mean heaven? Well, it is heaven, but it's heaven on earth because it is the kingdom of God that you're living in right now. It is the power of God that you're living in right now. Now, it is the love of God that you're living in right now. And I could go on and on. And it is then that I am free, free from all the confusion, free from all the arguing, free from all the tragedy, free from all the politics, free from all the leadership that really isn't leadership. And I'm able to step up and we as a church are able to step up and be the light that we were called to be and set apart to be in the first place. And we can be the life that we were saved to be, set apart to be, and called to be in the first place. <laughs> and we can lead. Lead this world to a holiness and a love, and a graciousness, and a mercy, and a kindness, and a peace. Every person in our world, we can lead them out of the garbage of this world that is never resolved. 
I don't care how many buildings you burn down and I don't care how many statues you tear down. It's going to resolve nothing. There is only one person that can resolve anything and that's Jesus Christ. And we step into him by being sorry for who we've been and what we've done and allowing him to change our minds and our hearts and our lives. And we're, we're, we're able to step into his kingdom right now. That's my hope for you today. All this stress, all this fear, all this chaos, you can overcome it all. And you can lead every person around you, your spouse, your children, your family, those at your work, they can see such a difference in you because you've repented and you've entered the kingdom of God and you've allowed God to do the great work that he wants to do in your life. And you can go live in such a way that you know God has everything under control, everything. God bless you today. This is Independence Weekend. But the only way to truly be independent is to repent and allow God to usher you into his kingdom of love and grace and glory. I pray that if you have not done that, that you do that today. God bless you.